The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode 71 of Some Assembly Required, your weekly adventure into the annals of Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. This week, we are taking a look at Avengers number 66, Betrayal. This week's issue is written by Roy Thomas, pencils by Barry Windsor Smith, inks by Sid Shores, letters by Art Simic, and it comes to us in July of 1969. Taking a look at our cover, this is a cover I really like because although it gives us a sense of what's going on in the issue, there is a certain amount of ambiguity involved in the cover. Obviously, as I've mentioned, I really do want to see the cover resemble what's going to happen in the issue, but at the same time, I don't want it to give everything away. For people who are my age, certainly older and maybe a little bit younger, a lot of us remember the trailer for Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Commentary on the film itself aside, the trailer, the equivalent of the cover, so to speak, for the film, gave away the coolest part of the film. It gave away Darth Maul's double-bladed lightsaber. I don't want the cover of the issue to give me all of the cool stuff up front, but I want to have at least some sense of what's going on. For those of you who are extremely keen-eyed, you will notice that this is the first issue where the marked cover price for the issue is 15 cents. That has gone up from 12 cents, and we are going to see a slow but steady rise in prices until we eventually reach the modern $4.99 cover price, which just makes my wallet sob every week. Before we get too deep in the issue, I am going to say that I am very, very excited to have artist Barry Windsor Smith on this book for the next couple of issues. He does some outstanding work. One of the things he is best known for is a two-issue, non-contiguous X-Men story called Life, Death, and Life, Death 2, focusing on Storm, who is a character I'm not particularly keen on. There's no easy way to put it other than there are just very few good, high-quality portrayals of the character, in my opinion. Certainly in the films, Halle Berry is awful, and I will fight people over that one. Halle Berry is terrible as Storm. The most recent film, Storm, was done, I think, fairly well. But again, not really digging the portrayal of the characterization. I think Storm is a character that has a lot that can be done with her, a lot going for her. And I think the life-death stories that Barry Windsor Smith was involved with really, really do a good job. So I'm super excited to have him on this book. And you may hear me fawn over the art a little bit more than normal this issue. And speaking of fawning over the art, our opening splash page is a giant, effectively pinup of Thor with the word betrayal in the, the arc of his swinging hammer. It's a really great Thor, very, very, very Kirby-esque. But at the same time, I'm a little surprised to see this because although Thor is awesome and Silver Age Thor gives no 
which I completely appreciate. You know, Thor really hasn't been an active part of this team for like 50 issues. He's a part-time member. He shows up for important votes or when the Avengers need a little bit more muscle. And we will see that moving forward when the Avengers need a little bit more muscle or we want to mix up the team or kind of bulk up the team a little bit. The Avengers are calling Thor and Iron Man and Captain America, all of which who are not active members currently, they will come back and, and help fill out that team roster. As the issue starts off, we see Thor winding up for some kind of important strike with Mjolnir, and we find out that Thor is helping the other Avengers and some S.H.I.E.L.D. scientists test a new metal known as adamantium. Obviously, those of us who are big old Marvel fans, and even, quite honestly, some fairly casual Marvel fans, will recognize the name of this metal, being primarily known for the metal that coats Wolverine's claws and skeleton. This is actually the first appearance of adamantium, and it is this new indestructible metal, or at least that's the theory. So the Avengers are here to help test this metal with these shield scientists to see exactly what it can stand up to. And as expected, this metal is holding up to pretty much anything the Avengers can throw at it. Now, unfortunately, this is kind of setting things up for something bad to happen, right? We get a very ominous internal monologue from Iron Man, who is present at this test and who is kind of contemplating what's going on. And that if this new metal is this tough, this unbreakable, what would happen if something or someone who shouldn't have it gets a hold of it and makes some use of it. Iron Man specifically refers to a nation. Obviously, that is a allusion to the Soviet Union. Because this is the Cold War and because Iron Man is the billionaire industrialist, oftentimes he's very focused on the Cold War. So his thoughts go to the Soviet Union. However, that threat really can be projected onto any number of possibilities and that if and when someone gets a hold of this material, they would be almost unbeatable. So Iron Man is determined to find a weak point in this metal. He lets loose on this cylinder of adamantium with everything he's got in terms of repulsors and nothing happens. In fact, the scientist describes the molecules as still being ultra stable. As I mentioned, all of the Avengers are present, and for the most part, they are all involved in this testing. But while Vision is present, he's not really mentally present. Obviously, he's kind of spaced out off in his own little world thinking about something. And we start to see this at the bottom of the page where Iron Man is, is doing his testing in a great, really just page layout, four panel going down the page from Barry Windsor Smith. There is so much, so, so much to love about this page. From Iron Man's testing to Vision's appearance at the bottom, the technology that is intermixed in Marvel Comics, when you talk about the appearance of technology, inevitably you come to the conclusion that Kirby is king. If you go back and you look at his work on Fantastic Four and his work on Journey into Mystery and the technology of the Fantastic Four and of Asgard, 
Kirby just has a particular aesthetic with technology that is exceptionally well-suited to comics. I think Barry Windsor Smith here comes in a very close second. So often, other artists try and ape Kirby's style. I know I complained several episodes ago about Don Heck, I believe, came back for an issue and was very much trying to imitate Kirby's style, but not doing it very well. Here, Windsor Smith is doing a fantastic job with the technology, but it's not trying to rip off Kirby. It's his own thing, and I very much appreciate it, and, and it looks fantastic. So not only is Vision kind of out doing his own thing, but suddenly he starts to feel physically unwell. Not just mentally kind of out of it, which is where we start to look, but he describes it as feeling as though he's being physically torn apart. That he's being attacked by a, as he calls it, a sinister will not my own. So while the other Avengers are off dealing with this, Vision is struggling to deal with really what amounts to an attack on himself from inside. And just as Goliath makes his attempt to damage the adamantium, which doesn't go well, he really just tries to punch it very hard. And already trying to punch metal is not a good idea, even if you're Goliath's size. But trying to punch this indestructible metal, he almost breaks his hand. At any rate, while this is going on, this force basically overtakes Vision and he disappears. While all the rest of the Avengers are up on the helicarrier as we see in what appears to be kind of a high orbit of Earth, we find Vision stalking the grave of Wonder Man. If you remember way back in issue number nine, Wonder Man died after he initially betrayed the Avengers, but then he came back and helped the Avengers overcome the Masters of Evil. And then in Avenger number 58, we find out that Vision's personality is based on Wonder Man's brain patterns. So here is Vision effectively standing over the grave of the man he is. Now, obviously certain things are different. And while Vision's personality is based on Wonder Man's, A, there's obviously some, I don't want to call them integration issues, but Vision is not just a straight copy of Wonder Man. And B, at this point, because, you know, Wonder Man has died and Vision is now doing other things, those personalities are starting to diverge. So it's not exactly like he's standing over his own grave, but it's something akin to that. It's a very weird thing for him to do. And it's kind of an odd place for him to go and try to figure things out. But it apparently works for Vision because he figures out what he has to go do. So at this point, we cut back to Avengers Mansion. And initially we find Hank and Wasp starting to discuss what's wrong with Vision. And that Hank is starting to have some doubts that maybe Vision isn't all he's cracked up to be. Vision's not quite what they think he is. While this is getting started, Iron Man is taking this opportunity to spend some time in the Avengers training simulator. It's kind of like the danger room of this era, where it's mostly guns and explosives and various kinds of fairly simple, straightforward traps that the Avengers have to go through. And in fact, this whole little training montage reminds me of a danger room session from Hell. And it's really very challenging for Iron Man to the point where Goliath actually attempts to step in and force Thor to stop the simulation. But Thor points out that the computers are designed such that Iron Man's never in any real danger. Now, at the same time here, though, while I as the reader see this and I take it in and I understand what he's saying, the art of this simulation is telling me a different story. It is telling me that Iron Man is far more in 
danger than Thor understands and is willing to acknowledge. Thor is really telling himself, Iron Man's got this, Iron Man's got this. But the art is telling me that he's kind of got it. It's not guaranteed to kill him, but Iron Man is taking quite the beating in this process. Back on the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, we find Vision making his way back to the laboratory where the Avengers were doing the testing. And initially he's confronted by a guard, but instead of killing the guard or really attacking him in general, Vision just passes through the guard in a mostly phased state that leaves the guard just a shell of a man, really. It's kind of terrifying when you see the after effect. Now, the one thing I do want to point out in the middle here is this amazing single splash page Art Nouveau spread of vision. It's a very metaphorical vision walking through this poor man. It is such a cool page, though. This is one of the best panels I have seen in Avengers so far. I love Art Nouveau style in general. This very much fits into that, and it's just so well done. Instead of giving us a single normal-sized panel of vision passing through this guy. We get this full-page spread that does so much more to imply what is happening than to actually show it. And much like horror films, it is much more terrifying to imply something than to explicitly show it. One of my favorite film series is the Alien films, and one of the things that that first film does so well is that you never really get a good look at the Alien until the absolute end of the film. And because you never get that good look at it, your imagination it is always building up and playing up the terror and the horror that is that alien. It's the same idea here. Because you don't actually see the act, it makes it so much worse. When you see this guy just laying on the steps, very corpse-like, but still mumbling to himself, cold, so cold, you realize that man is never going to be the same. That permanent harm has been done to him by such a simple act from Vision. Back at Avengers Mansion, we find Goliath and Thor helping a battered Iron Man out of the training room, just as Yellowjacket is running up. And the two heroes try and explain to Yellowjacket what's happened. And Yellowjacket starts to wonder, was this all really an accident? Did the computers just overestimate Iron Man? So the Avengers gather in their rec room, which is a very cool panel, really page layout with a couple of single spot panels addressing each of the characters as they talk. And they begin to start putting the pieces together after getting a call from the helicarrier that Vision has shown up and stolen the adamantium. And they realize that Vision did something to the computer to try and either kill or injure Iron Man to remove him from the equation, and that now Vision has this adamantium for some unknown reason. Just as they're coming to that conclusion, they hear a muffled scream from upstairs, rush up, and find Janet semi-conscious on the floor, again mumbling that cold vision so cold that we saw the security guard mumbling just a moment earlier. As they start trying to bring Janet around, we see Vision emerge from the shadows. 
And of course, Hank Pym is the first one to go rush and confront Vision because in a lot of ways, Vision is Hank's responsibility. Vision being a creation of Ultron and Ultron being a creation of Hank's. And Vision does something to Hank here that I am uncertain as to what it is. But Hank almost looks as though he is physically rotting internally because of whatever Vision does to him. It is crippling. Now, of course, at this point, the other Avengers are not screwing around, right? Thor jumps in here and just starts swinging, trying to force Vision into telling him what's going on and where the adamantium is. Vision, instead of killing Thor, blinds him and then basically spends the next page flying around the room, dodging the Avengers' attacks, but not going on the offensive. He's playing entirely defensively here. He's doing nothing that is directly attacking the Avengers. Now, obviously, you know, he's passed through a couple in a semi-phase state, which has incapacitated Jan, and he did something to Yellow Jacket that dropped him pretty hard. But otherwise, he's really just flying around and dodging the attacks of the other Avengers. And it becomes pretty clear that he is buying time for the computer to do something. As they come to this realization, there is a rumbling from beneath the feet down in Avengers Mansion. And our issue ends with the return of Ultron, now known as Ultron 6. Now, the return of Ultron here, I'm very excited for this. I'm also very excited that he shows up looking like he's riding a motorcycle from hell. This also fulfills our earlier foreshadowing from Iron Man that this new unbreakable metal is going to cause problems in the wrong hands. Well, unfortunately, I don't know of any hands that could be more wrong than Ultron. So now we have a super powerful android made out of what in all likelihood is indestructible metal. This can't be good for the Avengers, but we will have to wait till next issue to find out. So overall, this was such a great issue. The art in this issue is absolutely spectacular. If for no other reason than the art, I cannot recommend this issue highly enough. But it's not just good art. It's also a really great story that does a really amazing job of building this mystery, building this suspense until the reveal at the end of the issue. We've absolutely no good reason to suspect Ultron's return up until just before he actually comes back. The issue also does a lot to help deepen and further develop the connection between Vision and Ultron, which we haven't really explored yet. Obviously, Vision is a creation of Ultron, but what does that mean? It's going to get us into a place where we can start trying to ask who Vision really is and how do we define Vision without Ultron. It's very easy to define Vision as being a creation of Ultron, but then the question becomes, is Vision more than that? Is that all there is to him? Is he capable of becoming more? All of these things, this issue really opens the door to all of those questions. And we will start to get into those questions next issue, but really they are questions that are constantly being discussed and whose answers constantly evolve throughout the course of the Avengers. Remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at Avengers number 67. We stand at Armageddon. All right. Hey. All right. Good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. Have you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it.